are so great, God. We just want to sing out our praises to you, Lord. All creation sings to you, Father. Father, we just pray that as we open your word, Lord, you continue to show us how great you really are, God. The amazing things you've done in our lives. And help us, Lord, to worship you, Lord, as we study your word. We just thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's nice to worship the Lord, isn't it? There's a healing in it all. And there's a time, I hope you guys know that we don't just come to the Lord, and of course we worship Him, but there's a time for uh, that the Lord can even minister to us in the worship. So what a beautiful time. Well, if you can grab your Bibles and open them up to Second Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. We're going to start a whole new book this morning, and... Uh, uh, Zach already prayed, so we're going to get right into our message today. Second Thessalonians. You know, I don't know about you guys, it's been such a trial, right, with the whole COVID and the pandemic and, and lockdowns and things like that. Little by little, we're coming out, but uh, I know a lot of people have been struggling in many different ways with this pandemic. But during this, these hard times, out of the hard times come some inspiring stories. Now, I don't know if you caught these on the news, but there's a couple of these I want to share with you. Like to help keep her going, the math teacher of a 12-year-old, Riley Anderson is her name, in South Dakota. Uh, her teacher, the math teacher, showed up with this whiteboard standing on her porch and in front of the glass front door showed her how to graph this algebra problem. Riley had expected some email or even a phone call, but was surprised to see the faithfulness of her math teacher come right to her house to show her how to work this problem. I thought that was really touching. Another story I came across with a show of love, a junior from San Marcos High School in Santa Barbara created uh, what, what she calls Zoomers to Boomers. It's a website where at-risk elderly could sign up and have their groceries delivered the next day by high school students. What a great idea. Well, that idea actually inspired others to check on their elderly neighbors. Another story, one more, I read of a mystery mom in Maryland who leaves bagged lunches outside of her house in this uh, busy roundabout. She put up a sign and it says, for anyone who needs it, I will be leaving some healthy sack lunches on the table for you if you are hungry and need to eat. Made with love by a neighborhood mom in a clean and sanitized kitchen. I will leave the table up from 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Isn't that great? How sweet that is. The article went on to say that her actions are a reminder that no matter who you are, who you, are you can make someone's day a little brighter. <laughs> I love that. How inspiring are these three acts during these hard times of the pandemic? Well, today, as we get into this new book of Second Thessalonians, we come to a passage where the Thess Thessalonian believers themselves inspired others to live for God, and it moves even us to live the life that inspires. And that's the title of our message this morning. Live the life that inspires. Now we're going to be studying 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 from verse 1 through 5. I'm excited to continue on here. We had finished 1 Thessalonians and uh, I took a break as you know and we went over seven names of God. If you missed that you can grab the 
podcast or watch it on our YouTube channel. But now we're going to come back to Thessalonians, get into the second book. And I'm thinking we'll probably go through this into a little bit into next year in January. And then after that, as I promised you, we're going to get into the book of Revelation. So I'm looking forward to that. But for now, we're going to start Second Thessalonians chapter 1, taking the first five verses. Now, we're going to see four things here. And this is our outline. Live the life that inspires. And what we see with the Thessalonians believers, number one, that they're abiding in Jesus, number two, advancing in faith, number three, abounding in love, and number four, anchored in patience. So that's our outline, and that's going to work into our points this morning also. So let's go to number one, abiding in Jesus. What we see here is the Thessalonians were abiding in Jesus, and we're going to be covering the first two verses here in chapter one in this section, but let's just take a look at the first verse right now. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verse one. It reads, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's stop right here. Now we begin here, this whole book, with three names, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. Paul is the Apostle Paul. Silvanus is Silas. You guys might know him by that name in the book of Acts. And we have Timothy, which is a Paul's protege, his assistant there, his disciple, right? So these three guys are basically the ones who who are writing this book. I mean, primarily Paul, like we saw in our last book. So Paul the Apostle, uh, Silas, the missions missionary team member there, and Timothy there, his protege. So when we begin here, we see that this book is actually a letter. You might see in your Bibles, it might say the second letter of Paul to the Thessalonians up at top, or the epistle, epistle same as letter for back then. So what we're reading here, like we saw in 1 Thessalonians, this is, we call it a book in the Bible, but it's really a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote and sent to the church here. And so as ancient letters and in their style goes, the first thing you see is the author. And we see it's from Paul, and these guys are with him, and so it's from them, this letter that they've they've written. Now, it it begins with this, in the ancient letter style, and then in the ancient letter style, the next thing we see uh, is who it's written to. So we see who it's written from, and now who it's written to. It says, to the church of Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a church there that was planted, and God established a church there in the city of Thessalonica. Now that is a major, it's a main city in the area of Macedonia, which was, it was called back then, which today in our map, it's like northeastern Greece. So it's in that area. So, but this was a major city there in the area. We, we know that it, it was a, a major uh, trade place, you know, and, and they had a port and the Romans Road went through there. And so it was, it was a pretty well-known, established city. And we know in Acts chapter 17 that Paul and, and his team went through there and established this church. So it's from Paul's guys, and it's written to those believers, the Thessalonian church there in Thessalonica. And we see that God planted, it says, in God our Father and Jesus Christ. Now, this is the second letter as we see two Thessalonians here in our Bibles, right? Scholars tell us that this letter was written a few months after the first one. And it's believed Paul had received some news uh, after he sent the first letter and they read the first letter. A few months later, he received some 
good news and you receive some bad news. And we're going to be covering some of the good news here today. Uh, uh, and the good news is they're growing, basically. The bad news is there, there still seems to be some confusion concerning the end times, the tribulation, believers, and all of that. So Paul's going to get into that uh, in the body of this letter. And, and that was affecting a lot of ways how some people were approaching life in that sense. But there was some good news, too. So let me give you the theme right now. The theme of this book, as I always give you a theme of, of the books of our Bible, is this. Clearing the confusion about believers and the tribulation. So he, he gets into it more than what we saw in First Thessalonians. So clearing the confusion about believers and the Thessalonians. And you could see a, a little a theme verse that ties with that in chapter 2, if you want to take a peek there. Paul writes, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together with him. We ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or spoken word or a letter seeming to uh, be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. And that's sort of the idea. They're thinking, oh, uh, I, maybe it's already come and we've missed it. Or, 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 and there's still some confusion. So Paul's going to clear that up. We're going to see that as we go on in this book. But for now... We're gonna, this is the theme, clearing the confusion about believers in the tribulation. So let's go on now. Verse 2. Verse 2 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. So as an ancient letter goes, first it, talks, it says who it's from, who it's to. And then there's this blessing that's put out there. And, and all the ancient letters back then were like that. Even, even uh, the secular later letters, the Romans and Greeks would write in this manner and they would write a blessing from the, this idol or this God, you know, one of their Roman gods and all. But here, of course, Paul says, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So in the style of these ancient letters, first, next comes the blessing here And we've talked a lot about grace and peace and when we ended First Thessalonians and even when we began. Uh, so you can refer to that. But one thing I like here to point out, I like how Paul does not wish on these people, the Thessalonians, fame, fortune, pleasure, you know, things like that. Not that, not that kind, but he, he gives this blessing, this well-wish of grace and peace. And, and as we talked about before, that's what we really need. In this life, right? We really need in our day-to-day living God's grace upon us because we're not perfect and we need His peace to get through this crazy world. I like something and I find comfort in what Ann Johnson Flint, she was a Christian poet back in the end of the 1800s, early 1900s, and, and she went through a lot of painful arthritis. She suffered from that, but she, she was a writer, a poet. But she wrote this, I like what she said, he, give more, he giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors, labors increase. To added affliction, he addeth mercy. To multiply trials, he has multiplied peace. And I love that. That's how God is. That's the way God works in our life. And be encouraged today that when Paul wishes grace and peace, you know what, that's my heart to you. And you know what, that's God's heart to you today. That there would be grace upon you. That there would be more peace upon your lives. And, and, and just receive that from Jesus today. Now before we go on, I want you to take note of one thing in verse 1. Notice it says, To the church of the Thessalonians. And what's the next word? In. 
in God. That small little word, that, that preposition that English teachers tell us. You know, that, notice that Paul doesn't say, oh, you Thessalonian guys in Macedonia. Yeah. In this area or, or all, all that. You know what? He says, in God. And I want you to circle that because the word in is a big word, even though it's a little word. It means here in the original language, it means to remain. It means to settle down. It, it talks about where you dwell or where you're living. And so take note that as we get into the rest of this passage and we look at the growth of these Thessalonian believers, you know what? This is the secret. They are in God the Father. They are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's come through their salvation. And so all this comes from abiding in Jesus. That's what's going on here. This is the secret, really. In Acts 17, 28, Paul was talking about God when he was witnessing to the, the guys in Athens and there over there. But he wrote this, and talking about God, he said, In him we live and move and have our being. So just take that thought here. With this word in that we see in verse 1 of Second Thessalonians, that's what it's talking. In Him, in Jesus, we live, we move, and we have our being. So here's the thing we see. The secret to the spiritual growth and maturity of these believers here in Thessalonica is abiding in Jesus. Dwelling in Jesus. Connected to Jesus. Where you live and move and have your being. It's in Jesus Christ. Christ. That's a secret to their success, to their growth, and, and, and them going farther and further in inspiring others. So I want to put that in your minds right away as we begin this. Now, do you remember those shirts um, uh, people, uh, some people still have them, but you get from Maui Tropics, and uh, they had like paia. Yeah, we used to live in Paia or, or Haiku, yeah, big bold letters on their shirt, right? Or West Side or, or things like that, right? And you remember those shirts from, from Maui Tropics there uh, people used to buy? And, or, or bumper stickers, you know, like I, I like the bumper sticker, of course, right? Living in Pukalani, upcountry, yeah? Then one day I saw a bumper sticker kind of related to that, said God's country, right? Upcountry, God's country, I thought, that's it. Oh, sorry you guys live downtown. No, no, it's okay. We love you anyway. Hey, we live in God's country, right? And, and I love that thought because, oh, I, that's where I want to be. I, that's where I want to move and have my being. That's where I want to live. Well, that's the thought here, the secret to their spiritual growth, their maturity in the Lord. It was all in abiding in Jesus. It was where their location was, where they, they lived, where they dwelt in. They were in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. So the question right now is to you guys, is to say for all of us, where do you live spiritually? Where do you dwell? Do you abide in Christ? I mean, really abide in Christ like Jesus said in John 15. Or do you usually live in the sinful flesh? Yeah. Do you live like the world lives? Or do you live in Christ? I mean, where are you located Spiritually, in your mind and in your heart, how you carry yourselves, in your attitude. Where are you located? I don't know about you, but I want to be living where God is. Don't you? Will you? 
I mean, why not? Why, why are we holding back in that? Understand, the secret to the life that really inspires others is found in Jesus Christ, abiding in Christ. And that's how you and I can, can even live out an inspiring life. So, these guys are abiding in Jesus. Let's go on to number two in our outline, advancing in faith. Advancing in faith. Now, here we're going to just, just take the first part of verse 3. Verse 3 says, We ought always to give thanks to God for you brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. And so we'll stop there. And in this section, we'll just take this first part. Now, Paul breaks out into, basically he's talking this prayer. And he's speaking about this prayer that he always gives the Thessalonians. And if you've read the letters, the epistles in the New Testament, this is the style of ancient letters. First you, you write who it's from, then you write who it's to, you give this blessing, and then you, you get into this prayer. And sometimes it's a full-on prayer, sometimes it's explaining what you're praying about. But here Paul is explaining, you know what? We, we ought to, or we are basically always giving thanks for you guys. And, and for what specifically? We give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. The words there in the original Greek means growing beyond all expectations. He's just blown away. He's like, oh, oh you guys, what I'm hearing, the good news is like, you guys are so strong in faith and change from what it was from before. You're advancing in faith. I got news that you, you're growing stronger in faith. Remember the last time in, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul's prayer in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 was that, oh, we want to come, we're praying we can come to you to uh, chapter 3 verse 10 in 1 Thessalonians, supply what is lacking in your faith. So they, he wanted to try and take one trip, go back there to, to Thessalonica, sit with the believers and help them in their faith to keep going and, and all. Well, now Paul hears news that, you know what? Paul didn't make it back there, but God answered the prayer anyway. They're growing in faith. The prayer was answered. Even being away from Paul all this time, it did not diminish their faith, but their faith grew. And I can imagine God working in the congregation. I can imagine God doing things and helping them grow in that faith. So, the good news was that as their lives stayed in Jesus, like our, our first point, the Thessalonians were advancing in faith. So the good news he got was as their lives stayed in Jesus, the Thessalonians were advancing in faith. And that's the way it should be, right? That we continually grow and mature in God. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And we find in the Bible, you remember the children of Israel going through the wilderness, those guys, Israel? Uh, they, they had witnessed incredible miracles. In, in, they've experienced God, His presence right there with them. Did their faith grow? No, it didn't. I mean, think about this. After the deliverance of the bondage of Egypt. They came out of Egypt, and remember they hit the Red Sea, but the Lord parted the Red Sea and did a huge miracle, saved them, and the Egyptian, Egyptian army drowned in the sea and all, and they were saved, right? Well, they had a praise, praise time, right? Praise service. And then right after that, three days after that incredible experience, they come to this place, right? And the water's bad. 
Mara, it's called, the bitter water, right? And they start grumbling. They start complaining. They start, Moses, why did you bring us out here? Moses, well, you brought us out here to die. I mean, after all the plagues, after you know, all the Red Sea and everything, they're, they're complaining. What does God do? Gives them grace, heals the bitter water, and they have water. 30 days after the deliverance from Egypt and the Red Sea, the Israelites, all of a sudden they're grumbling again. We have no food. There's no food. There's nothing. We're going to die out here in the wilderness. And so what does God do? God provides food. What did he give them? He gave them the quail, but he gave them something miraculous. Manna, remember? Every day they go gather the manna for that day. And they had sustenance, provision, food for that day. Every single day. And you know what? It wasn't just for that time. It was for 40 years, you guys. It wasn't until they went into the promised land that that had abundant food over there, that it it kept going. It stopped when they got in the promise. So God graciously gave them that that food. That's 30 days now after the whole deliverance. So God does another miracle. 39 days after leaving Egypt and a whole uh, uh, Red Sea thing, they came to a place called Rephidim. And, And understand this, get the picture. They're being led by a cloud by day, God's presence, a fire by night, right, protecting them. So God's presence is there. I mean, visible presence. Not not like today. I mean, really visible. He's there. And they're tested again. And and they come to a place where where there's no water. It's barren. It's dry. And do they turn to God and say, God... We pray to you, provide for us, and, and God, you know, help us uh, do a miracle, you know. No. What do they do? You guys know. They complain again, right? They, they start accusing Moses and calling him out and, oh, we're going to die here. What does God do? Wipes them all out. No. He has Moses go out and hit the rock and water came out from the rock, right? That's God. Over and over, right, their faith faltered, doubt discouraged them, God came in and helped them, right? Over and over, you guys. All this came to a peak when they came to the border of the promised land. They're about to go in, right? They sent those spies, right? And 10 of the 12 spies came in, oh, there's giants in the land, oh, no, we're, we're done for, oh, no, we cannot do this, right? And Caleb and Joshua are like, hey, we can take them with the Lord, we can take them. But the whole Israel listened to the ten guys. And they all like, oh no, we can't do it, we can't do it. Oh no, we're going to die. It came to a peak there. And then God said, okay, you guys aren't going to enter in. If you don't want to go, you're not going to enter in. And they spent 40 years going around in the desert until that generation passed away. This two-week journey, it should have taken two weeks about. God, God showed them some things in a month, but they should have been in there. It went for 40 years. Why is that? Because of their lack of faith. But think about this. After every miracle, after every work of God, even with God's presence there, they refused to grow in faith. They didn't advance. They went backwards. These Thessalonians, they went forward. They were moving forward in their faith. And I was thinking about that, and I was asking myself, how is your faith doing, Rick? How is your faith doing today? Is it growing or is it withering a day? Is it staying the same? Maybe you have faith in the Lord, but it needs to grow. Every challenge, every work God does, it should 
bring us into growth and advancing in faith. I mean, think about how God has been answering your prayers. He's been doing miracles. He's been providing for, even in this time of pandemic, I've seen a lot of miracles going on and I hear of it. I hear of you guys like, oh, no more money and this or my job, the hours came down, but somehow you're still here. We still get clothes. You still look healthy, yeah? Maybe eating a little bit too much. No, I'm just joking. It's okay. You can Thanksgiving. It's okay. <laughs> but that's God's blessing, His, His provision, right? His miracle work, even through this time. So what, what should be the result of that? Our faith should grow. We should advance in faith. So you know what? I, 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 want, I want you to pick one thing in your life, maybe that God's been leading you to do or or, or and exercise faith in it. Take up that challenge. Take up whatever situation you're facing. Say, God, I'm going to have faith in this. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to stop being like the Israelites and complaining and going backwards in our faith. No, I'm going to be like Joshua and Caleb and move forward in this and take the, the, the promised land and, and bring down those giants in the land. I challenge you today. To, to do that as God is giving you that opportunity to take the challenge, advance, grow in faith. And you know what? That's the life that inspires. So we've seen these guys abiding in Jesus, advancing in faith. Now let's go to number three, abounding in love. Abounding in love. Number three in our outline, and this is the second half of verse three. So Paul says, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. So isn't that great? Not only the faith, but their love is growing. The love is increasing. Now, this is another thing that Paul is thankful for. And think about this. Back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, along with faith, he prayed for their love in verse 12 of chapter 3, 1 Thessalonians. He prayed for that, and God is answering that prayer even here, Paul got news of growth. They're giving more agape. The word love is agape here. And we know that, understand that, that word. You know what? This is evidence of this body here in Thessalonica that they are true believers, that they are, they are truly in Christ. In, Jesus said in John thirteen thirty five, it says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have what? Love for one another. If you have agape for one another. If you give unconditional love to one another. Paul says, I I mean, Jesus says, that's evidence that you belong to Christ. That's evidence that you're following Christ. And it's evidence here for the Thessalonians that they are in Christ. They're abiding in Christ because you know what's coming out is love. And you know what? This is tied to faith. It's not accident that that Paul put faith, oh, you're growing in faith, and you're growing in love. Those two grow, go together. You grow in faith, you know what? You are going to grow in love. Someone said, faith is the root, and love is the fruit. I like that. It rhymes. <laughs> faith is the root, and love is the fruit. Maybe you will remember it that way. So, Paul says, the thankful news was the fellowship in Thessalonica were abounding in love. Thankful news was the fellowship in Thessalonica were abounding in love. And that's how our life should be too. Not only in faith, but also in our agape, our love 
for one another. That, that's the way the body of Christ should be. Let me read to you this note that was actually placed in the offering box of, of this unknown church, that unnamed church. It said this, a, a note was in the, uh, the tithe and offering box. It says, at this church, there are a lot of people who look like punk rockers who are covered with tattoos. And it went on to say, please pray that there will be decent looking people at this church. For real, true, true story. So after reading this note aloud, the pastor of the church then made this comment. No, let us not ask for decent-looking people at this church, but pray for decent-loving people. That's what it's about, you guys. That's what it's about. How's your outlook on people? How's your outlook? Always judging, always criticizing, always looking at them, saying stuff about them all. Look at them. Look at their hair. Oh, yeah. Or look at your hair. No. Um, <laughs> you know, always, always, well, look what they're wearing. Or, or who's that guy? Ooh, all of that. Are you always judging? Or, you know, it's so easy for us to be prejudiced. Yeah? It's so easy to fall into that prejudice. But, you know, we've been saved. We've been brought together in the family of God, right? We are all children of God, adopted into His family. Now all one, we, we, we belong to the same ohana here. We may have different looks, different races, and come from different places, but we're still one in Jesus Christ. And we still need to give that love to one another. Remember, agape love is about loving unconditionally. We don't, we don't love because someone did something nice to us. We just love because God wants us to love and because God's love is flowing in us, and that's how God loved us. We didn't have to be special or do something special for God to love us. He just loved us even in our sin. So we need to do the same. And agape is about loving unconditionally. And you know what? Accepting each other unconditionally. Right? Accepting each other in that way. And so these guys in this church, no matter who it was, no matter who came, Jew, Gentile, whoever, they were loving more and more. So check your heart right now. What do you see? That ugly prejudice? Or you see in your heart a growing agape love. And you know what? That kind of life is what inspires. So we see with the Thessalonians, number one, they're abiding in Jesus, advancing in faith, abounding in love. And now finally, our last heading, number four, anchored in patience. Anchored in patience. And this will be the rest of our verses here, verse four and five in this section. But first take a look at verse four. Paul writes, Therefore we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. So we'll stop there. So Paul in verse 4 begins with, Therefore. He's saying, Because of your, your abiding, because, because of your advancing, and because of, of your abounding in love and these things, you know, Paul and his team, we boast about you guys. We, we, we say, look at the Thessalonians there. Look at the church over there. They, they tell and talk of how this church are just uh, abiding, advancing, abounding, and all these things. So he says, 
Therefore, you know, we're, 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 we're proud of you guys, he says. You know, we bolster other churches for you. And especially, he adds this now, for your steadfastness. That word means like endurance. It means patience. For your patience. And then he says, and your faith. And I think a better word if you translate it, there's faithfulness. Like they're, they're holding on there. They're keeping going in the Lord. So, so he's like, oh, you guys, we boast about you guys for your patience and your faithfulness in what? All your persecutions and afflictions that you're going through right now, that you're enduring. They're hanging on. They're, they're enduring. Their, their patience through all this is unbelievable. Now remember, this church began in persecution. You remember that? We talked about that in our last book, in Acts 17, right? Even Paul, and, Paul had to escape in the middle of the night for threat of his life. That's how bad it, was. It's, it, it is there in that city. People do not like the believers here. And there's these uh, religious Jews, there's these other guys going, going after them. I mean, I mean, it's bad there. Yet, these guys are flourishing. They're anchored really in that patience. That's what Paul is saying. You, oh, you, you guys, I'm so proud to tell other churches and how you guys are hanging in there. And so this is how inspiring these, these guys are. And then Paul writes this in verse 5. This is evidence that the righteous judgment of God, that you may be... Uh, this, is, this is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. All right. Now, this is our last verse, and, and you may be going, I don't get this at all. And when I first read it, I said the same thing. I don't get this at all. <laughs> no. But, you know, of course, through study and, 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 and all that, uh, let me explain to you and try and make it clear to you. Basically, so Paul is saying, uh, this is, what's this? That patience and steadfastness, that faithfulness. This is now evidence, right? It shows, he writes, the righteous judgment of God. Now what he's saying, he's talking about God's righteous decision now to allow the Thessalonians to go through this time of persecution and suffering. So, their patience, their, what's coming out of this, their faithfulness here, is evidence of God's decision, of God allowing them to, to suffer, which basically counts them, or considers, it says here, but counts them worthy of the kingdom of God. Or it shows that, you know what, you really belong to the Lord. Because, I, I mean, uh, uh, um, and, uh, uh, because uh, for which you are also suffering, you're suffering for that kingdom too. So all this persecution and what you're going through the result of that shows you belong to God because what's coming out is patience and, and faithfulness because you're suffering as God's people. So let me put it this way. In other words, Paul's saying, your patience and faithfulness coming out from the persecution, coming out from suffering persecution that God allowed you to go through shows that you really belong to Jesus. Because normal people, when they go, to, go through something like that, wait, we usually get hard, bitter, right? And it's the opposite, you know? But as believers, something else is produced. Something else happens. We grow and we find from the Lord growth in Him, patience and faithfulness here. 
And so he's saying, basically, what you're going through, what God allowed, and what's coming out, the fruit of it, hey, it shows that you guys are the real deal. Many years ago, true story, in communist Soviet Union, a little group of Christians were secretly having church. Suddenly, the doors burst open, interrupting the service, and two soldiers appeared with submachine guns. They shouted, everyone who will renounce Jesus Christ, leave now. The rest of you will be shot. So many left, but some stayed. The soldiers reiterated their threat and took one shot in the air. And then one man got up and ran away. Then the soldiers closed the doors, put down their guns, turned to the pastor and said, don't be afraid, we're believers too. And then they say, now that the hypocrites are gone, we can now have church in safety without any spies. How do you like that? So you see, believers, they don't back down. They keep going. They only get stronger in times of persecution. That's what Paul is saying. That's what we see in you guys. We're inspired by that. So our last point is this. The inspiration for other persecuted churches came from these Thessalonians anchored in patience. Nothing moved them. Nothing moved them, no matter how hard it came. You know, I, I, I was in China years ago, and um, you know China, they say today, has 97 million underground Christians. You know it's illegal. Yeah, there. The government has this pseudo kind of three-self church, they call it, and, and they're saying, oh, we're Christian, come and be members of this, but it's all a ploy. But the underground churches, uh, they say it's about 97 million Christians. It all happened in a communist takeover, and they tried to stamp out believers, yeah? stamp out, burn Bibles, the whole thing. Uh, they killed missionaries, chased them out of the country way back, I think it was in the 60s or 50s, right, in the 50s. But that only made the church grow and get stronger and bigger. And I think about a, a lot. What persecution, when we think, think about persecutions, and oh, it, it can be scary, you know, it, it, it can make us, oh, I don't know, Lord, take us home before all that, yeah? But I'll tell you what, even the persecution that's going on in different countries right now, it really weeds out people who aren't really with Christ, and it makes believers even more stronger, and the church even grows. I, I had a privilege of, of meeting some of these underground Christians went on a trip over there, and it was awesome. I mean, these, these guys, oh, I was like, oh, these are heroes to me, you know. And I'll tell you what, they weren't like, oh, it's so hard here, you know. They weren't like, oh, I, I wish this would stop. Oh, Jesus, take me. No, you know what? They were bright in their faces. They're excited for Jesus. They, they were so strong. I was inspired by them. In the, even in the midst of the dark persecution, their faces were bright with Jesus. Listen, it very well could be persecution is coming our way. It's happening already. Happening in the world. It's happening on the mainland. I was thinking Hawaii, where we, we kind of enjoy some, you know, safety and kind of acceptance in that way. But I tell you, it's already starting on the mainland. And who knows what the new government will, be, will do. But I believe we're heading toward this setup for the Antichrist coming. So things aren't going to get better. I think it's going to even get worse. The freedoms we enjoy could change more and more to the worse. Yet, know this. 
As true believers, we will get through it. And not only that, we'll get stronger. We'll, we'll, we'll be more steadfast. We'll, 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 God will strengthen us with that patience and that faithfulness. We will be anchored in patience to be able to endure and shine. And I'll tell you, that's what trials and hard times do to us. Even persecutions. And that's what happened to the Thessalonians. They, they blossom. Where Mirsby said, trials work for us not against us. So remember that. Remember that. So listen, in those times of affliction and hardship, even maybe during this COVID time, find inspiring lives to help you get through. And then God wants you to be one of those who inspire. So will you shine that light to others around you? Will you, how about this? Will you show your children what it means to really walk with God? Inspire them. Will you show even your Lord and Savior, Jesus? Will you rise up and stay the course no matter what happens? That's what we got to do. I'll close with this story. In Idaho, before a um, before a potato, before the potato farmers ship their harvest, they divide them all according to size, big, medium, small. And this takes time and, you know, paying people and money for, for sorting them out. But I, I read this story about one farmer who has his own method. Someone asked him uh, how he makes more money than the other farmers. And, and the answer was, well, I saved the cost of sorting uh, the potatoes by, I just load all the potatoes up in my wagon with all, all my potatoes. Then he says, I take the roughest road in town. And during the eight-mile trip, the little potatoes always fall to the bottom. The mediums land in the middle, and the big potatoes rise to the top. Rise to the top, you guys. You precious children of God. Let the work of God work in you to make you stronger in patience and faith and, and love. Abide in Him and become who God is making you to be and live the inspiring life. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Dear Lord, our, our, our hearts are encouraged, God. And Lord, I pray for anyone here or going through some rough times, Lord, and hard times. Maybe it's persecutions. Maybe it's trials and troubles. Maybe it's from the pandemic. Maybe it's from relationships. Maybe it's from financial situations. or what, Whatever that may be, God. But I pray that you would encourage them to abide in you and, and hold on to you tightly, Lord. I pray that you would help them in their faith to advance. And I pray that that love would still be their abounding, God. And that bitterness, anger, hatred, none of that would come in. And I pray, dear Lord, that you would bring about, Lord, a change in, 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 in their endurance during this time. That they would be anchored in that patience and faithfulness there that the Thessalonians had. Help us all, God, to... to Live that life you want us to live, to become who you want us to be, and live that inspiring life. And so, God, inspire us today and help us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.